BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, folks, we were staring into the abyss yesterday morning, looking at the 3,400 handle for the first time since November. But it changed like that. Just buy the dip back. 200-point rally, getting the 3,700 handle today. But what happens next? Got a lot of bank earnings to cover. We'll see, what, we'll see what's on the deck here, folks. Where are you going to buy the dip? Ember? Show Mitch how to roll that intro. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, uh, traders and investors. Uh, welcome to this Friday. We'll just run down the futures real quick. We got some earnings. Citigroup just rolling off the printer. Uh, we're down three and a quarter handles. Had a nice rally. Gave a lot of it back. Up through uh, down three and a quarter, 78 and a quarter. We'll be focusing on that closing price, 81.75. Uh, dollar got hit yesterday. It's coming back, though, up 62 cents at 112.88. TLT, a little bit of a bounce. Ooh, three highs in the same area. We'll keep an eye on uh, what 10075. That's up a buck. Crude down again, a buck 60, 87.51. Gold having a real bad week. Down 1580, 1661.30. Silver, that's down 27 cents at 1865. Bitcoin up 275 at 19635. And Ethereum futures. Uh, they're up $43.50. Bring in uh, Triple D. and uh, tri- yeah. First, let's just, let's just talk about that open from yesterday. And 
we didn't talk during the open. We both kind of had similar reactions. Just uh, just tell us what you saw on the tape, and then I'll tell you what I was looking at. No, I was just shocked. You know, take it back to the number. You know, obviously, I was shocked at the number. We got, you know, a hit really, really hard. <clears throat> the entire pre-market, we were getting hit. Mitch with a fantastic call. He's like, is this going to be the day, you know, the capitulatory day where people just throw in the towels? I was like, I'm staying market neutral because I just don't know. It wasn't like a slam dunk you got to sell because last time we rallied into it. And this time we were weak into it. We were basically on the lows into it. So it wasn't a slam dunk to sell it. So I just kind of stayed market neutral through it. Um, and then you could feel the turn. So after the open, there was more of a flush. So it wasn't like, oh, just buy the open and make money. It didn't go straight up from the open. There was more of a flush after that. Like Amazon, for instance, opened a 108, went down to like 105. You know, there was stocks that flushed further. But then you could just feel it. You could feel like they're starting to buy some stuff. So then I was like, what the heck? So I went in to the long-term portfolio and I just bought two stocks. And as soon as I did it, I tweeted out because I know some people like to follow my long-term buys. So I bought a little bit more AMD. I think I got it like 55 and a half, so right near the bottom. And I bought a little more Disney which I got near the bottom too, around 90, maybe 92, 91 and a half or 92. I'd have to look at the price, but I'd say 92. So, and those were, I just nibbled, was just nibbling in. Those were two stocks that we know I sold a lot higher. I sold AMD back at 100. I kept one small piece and I also sold the majority of my Disney back at 120. So I was buying back the stocks that I had sold a lot higher just to get a little bit more exposure. You know, the 50% cash, like, I need a little bit more exposure. Didn't raise it up enough. I think I'm 42 or 43% cash still. I don't think we're out of the woods here. But we got to respect that rally. That was a turning point. They bought stocks on bad news, which is good Which is good news for the bulls. Um, is it safe to just go all in here? I'm not buying after a 200-point rally. I need a pullback here now. Get on a pullback. Maybe you start dipping your toes in again. But again, we're going to go to an earnings season. There's going to probably be a lot of earnings warnings. The earnings we're seeing today aren't that great here, Joel, which uh-huh. we'll get to in a second. Yeah, but yeah. What, was your, what was your thoughts? Um, well, you know, I always like I, I always like to key on the, the pre-market low. Um, and uh, that was 0375. And, and also in the back of the, you know, back of my mind, um, I could just show you on the cash here. Um, really from the COVID low, March 220 low, uh, we had a 2190 low. Who can remember that? I bet you everybody. Then we hit uh, over 4,800. And this just bases the cash index. And, you know, the 3,500 was a 50% retracement of that entire move. And uh, it took quite some time. So, I mean, I definitely did not want to sell into that. I mean, I know it would have worked last time. I just didn't want to sell into it. And the only thing that I picked up uh, was um, was some Bank America. And the reason I did that is because I've been thinking of buying it since like 32. Nice. And um, it really held above the pre-market low. I got close to 29 and this was the start of the regular session and it just had two good bars and right in the middle of this second bar, I just, you know, I hopped in. I had no idea, you know, that, uh, you know, how much the market was going to rally and go, but that it was just like, okay, there's probably some good bids here at 29 Uh, earnings tomorrow. You know, if you're short this, you know, covering into the earnings report, 
but uh, peeled out of most of it. Just a little piece today. I'm not. I'm not sure if it if it doesn't like rally quickly off the open. It's just a very short term trade. Did it add it to um, any of the long term portfolios? Uh, but I think the real uh, key was when when we went green. You know, you would think okay, and then then that's when I texted you. I'm like, you know, you because know, I remember your plan, and your plan was. Man, we get back green. We get back, you know, I'm just uh yeah. Yeah. Rip it, it was very it, it was very bad tape for the bears. A very bad tape. If you're full on bearish and you're like, yeah, that is not the reaction you want to see. You don't want to see them buying stocks on bad news. You don't want to see them buying the market on bad news. Because that's telling you you have seller exhaustion. What is seller exhaustion? Everyone who's wanted out is out. So, and then you've got the FOMO starting to kick up. And I mean, the rally, Joel, just talking about the rally, it was vicious. After the first half an hour, when there was a little wishy-washy, there was a moment in time around 11 o'clock, we rallied 100 S&P handles in about 15 minutes. It was vicious. That's full algorithmic driven. Like, that's full on, like, just going and buying regardless of price. So, I mean, the rally was vicious. I do believe we have a short-term bottom end. That's easy to say in hindsight because we're up 20 handles from, or 200 handles from it. Um, so now you start thinking about, okay, you get some bad news. You get a pullback. You get a 50% retracement. I don't want to chase here, although <clears throat> I could see us just going again. I could see that happening again too. So it's a hard market to call from this point in time, but I've never made a lot of money buying after a 200-point rally, just like I've never made a lot of money selling after a 100-point sell-off, which is what we had yesterday morning. So buy the dip, sell the rip, probably working again here. But there's definitely going to be a buy the dip mentality here uh-huh. in this market now. Um, you know, So if we get some earnings that are disappointing, it wouldn't surprise me if they could turn. And we're already seeing that to a certain extent this morning. Um, so let's jump in. The yeah, before we before we do that, we got a ton of bank um, uh, earnings to go over. Um, just for you guys that uh, don't uh, join me at uh, ten thirty with Rob with uh, pre market prep with stock odds. Uh, he has like a you know, I mean, in, similar to Dennis's view, what you know, what's going on with the macro, what's going on with the Fed. I mean, he you know definitely has been had a bearish slant to the markets, but he also knows that in market history. And, you know, it's been an up, you know, an up, right? Market's been up, right, for most of the years. We're having a bear market this year. But even in, uh, you know, bear markets and environments, a lot of times you're going to get better results buying a big down open than you are shorting a big up open. It just seems because of the way, you know, sometimes these big up opens, you know, you, you fade it and, and you just get run over. But the big down opens just historically, you know, if they can hold on early, you know, they can turn into that. So, he, you know, he put aside his shorter term view, you know, of being bearish to recognize like, hey, here was an opportunity to, you know, deploy some longs, perhaps at a discount and then ride it up. So it's good. You know, you guys are both really good of like, OK, you know, this is yeah, this is my long term, but. This is the market dynamics, and that's what you're the best at, uh, Triple D, is like, you know, flipping on a dime and being able to, you know, like long-term, short-term. But uh, let's go. We want to start with the Citigroup, since that's the one that came out uh, the latest. I got uh, Citigroup uh, with the beat, uh, buck 63 versus a buck 42. Uh, revenues, I mean, the revenues were okay. Uh 
1850 versus 18 and a quarter. What are they not liking about this report, Triple D? I haven't read the report. It broke right before we were starting the show, so I can't tell you the details on the report, but obviously there's something in there. So, you know, again, when we're doing a live radio show, it's hard to sit here and read reports while we're speaking. Um, so I can't tell you the details of the report. It looks okay on a top and bottom line basis, but obviously they're finding something that they don't like. Um, so Citigroup getting slightly hit, although it is off the lows. I mean, Morgan Stanley, if we go to that one, might be easier because we did okay. have time to analyze that one. It came out earlier this morning. And Morgan Stanley, um, to your point, trading uh, profits, which is going to be bad. Like So here, and you had Guy Adami on CNBC yesterday. I sometimes, you know, I like Guy, nice guy kind of intended um but i think sometimes it's difficult when you just get asked you know questions and you're trying to throw out a stock idea and you're thinking about it for a few seconds because he was like i think goldman sachs is going to blow it away i will take the opposite guy adami but i've had time to think about it as well because i've already said on this show i think morgan stanley and goldman sachs i said are gonna not do well because of the trading and the investment banking um yeah, we're already no seeing that yeah. happen here with morgan stanley this morning down three percent trading disappointing here Obviously, um, I didn't read on the investment banking. I'm assuming it wasn't that great, but this report from Morgan Stanley was not good. Uh, just uh, the M and A. You know what's going on in M and A? What's Nothing. going on in IPO? Right, besides the Kroger deal, which we can talk about today. But there's been look. You know, Nothing. you got to think about. You know, what what are your banks? You know, you've obviously got your traditional banks, which are lenders. You've got your investment banks, like Morgan and Goldman, that are going to be more linked to the capital markets. One, capital has been destroyed. So there's going to be, you know, somewhat less fees overall because the overall basis is down. But there's no deals. So investment banking is a huge part of it. You know, there hasn't been a lot of IPOs. There hasn't been a lot of deals. There hasn't been, you know, a lot going on there. And then the trading, for the most part, you know, is going to be coming in eventually here too. So it's not surprising that Morgan Stanley missed. It's not surprising that the stock is down. What I will say on Morgan Stanley is the buy the dip mentality is now in. Uh-huh. And there'll be money managers saying, I missed it yesterday. They're going to look at Morgan Stanley down two and a half for three bucks. They may come in here. So I would not short this in the hole. Okay. Um, uh, that was an ice cream bar yesterday, but that was yesterday's action. Give it back. Doesn't even look like you're going to get um, a, a shot at the low of the move. That's 74.67. You know what? I kind of like this area where it's at um, just to keep an eye on. Because 76.60 was the low close of the move, okay? And not the low of the move, but the low close of the move. So, you know, Pip, that, there's the mark. Uh, you could look at that. I don't know if you want to risk down to the low of move at uh, 74.67. But, you know, you get a, a rally in the spoos. You catch a little bid here. I'd be looking for that. But uh, don't think you're going to get back down to the low from yesterday or the high from yesterday. Probably um, inside day. And then real quick, uh, we don't know we couldn't duly analyze the Citigroup earnings. Uh, big day yesterday. Big buyer at 40. I don't know if uh, you, anybody recognized in the book, but uh, everyone's I think you'll find buyers that. here, too. I think what? you're going to find buyers on the earnings dips. After yesterday, there'll be money managers that are hungry. I think if you get a significant dip on some of these stocks and they approach even yesterday's lows, there's going to be buyers all over the place. 40 to 41 buyers all over the place, yeah, I think, in City. I don't know if, don't know if they get, get that low. Nope. I think you got to think about the 50% retracement of yesterday's move, you know, if you're jumping in. And if you're looking to get long, I don't think it's a bad, you know, and then if they take out the lows of the move, then you get the hell out. So at least you know where your point is, 
you know, so if you're buying a Morgan Stanley, just setting up a trade for you, we do this sometimes, you know, not saying I'm doing it, just setting it up. Yesterday's low 74.67. If you're picking up at 76.85 this morning, you know, in the pre-market, which is around where, you know, 76.95 offered, but, you know, it, it's it's 76.95 to 76.95, so I just took the middle. You're buying it here, you're risking yourself about two bucks because if it takes out the low of the move, I would get the hell out, 74.67. So all you're banking is, and what you're, you're, you're basically saying is that money managers are going to be looking for stuff. This is down 3%. They might ignore the, the earnings, which were not great, and just say, hey, I want to be in stocks, and here's one that's down. So setting up the trade, I do think that the dip may get bought in Morgan Stanley. Again, always have an out. My out would be yesterday's low of 74.67. Yeah, I, I this one doesn't look like it's going to get to the, as we speak right now, the two-day close at 40.84. I think I'd be setting up a trade in this one. Maybe if I could get it at 42, you know, uh, and, uh, and, and risk down to the, you know, to the double bottom there. Well, we'll still have, we traded spike down to 41.50 in the pre-market. So that's what you have uh, for Citigroup. Uh, so let's talk about. Uh, the Just before we do- go on to the next stock here, Joel, we had a fantastic question in the chat this, here okay. from, from Arfin. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to just address this question. He's asking me, what sure. separates yesterday's rally from a short squeeze versus an all-in rally versus a bear market rally? Is there anything I should look at? <laughs> So this is a fantastic question. What I'm going to tell you, when you are in bear markets, all rallies, all of them, start with short squeezes, every single one of them. Because when stocks are going straight down, and you are in like a capitulatory phase, not saying we were in that yesterday, but saying you have stocks going down, there's fear on the sidelines. People don't want to get hurt. The one person that does not have any fear to buy is the short because they're closing a trade. So there's always shorts willing to buy so what happens is you know you get the shorts coming in bringing in some profits but then it starts going up and the shorts like "Uh uh-oh you know it's moving up i better move up i better move up i better move up so all rallies when after you know not saying you know all rallies in bear markets start with short squeezes all rallies in bear markets start with short squeezes and then they move in so can the short squeeze become something bigger is the question can yesterday's short squeeze was it absolutely was a short squeeze? They had the algos hammering bids off that number, and I'm like, I don't know yet. I'm staying market neutral. I'm not hammering. Last CPI report, I was hammering bids too. This one because we were so weak going into it, I wanted to see there could be a silver lining. Mitch said it. He had me wishy-washy. You kind of felt it after the open, but then you get the short squeeze, and then you all of a sudden get you know some buyers coming in. And then you get people coming in. Oh. Maybe we got something building here. And then you get new buyers. And then you get the algos. And then you get the FOMO. And then you get it all just built. <laughs> so it starts with a short squeeze. And then more buyers come in. Algorithm, algos come in. FOMO starts. And yesterday went to full FOMO in the afternoon. So where you had you know people just chasing because, oh, the bottom's in. I got to get in. So we don't know if we're going to be able to build on yesterday's rally or not. It was significant. It was a turning point for the market. I think on pullbacks, you're going to find buyers. Can we build or do we just get another you know, round of bad news? And what happens with the next round of bad news? If we get a serious earnings warning, does it get bought? Does Morgan Stanley get bought? These are all tells. We need to have that information. Does MS get bought on a bad report? Because if it does, that's more holes in the bear thesis. So right now, I cannot tell you if the, you know, the lows are in. All I can tell you is there is a low in. And there are people who are caught now potentially even short this market. 
And there's also obviously people who want to get money in after a 200 point rally. So I do think on dips, you're going to find buyers. And uh, one thing, and this was mentioned yesterday, and I picked this up off a tweet, Dennis, I think that you retweeted, uh, is that one thing that was absence from this uh, decline was that big volume day, that big spike in volume, you know, where new money comes into the market. And that was a big volume day yesterday. Uh, if you look at the, the spiders, it traded $77 million on Tuesday. It traded $148 million yesterday. Wow. So a lot of money came into the market. And if you think about it, too, the money had been coming into the market. They'd been coming in under 3600 I mean, we know what pesky area that was, like 3580 yeah. to 3600 you know, and it would go down there and then it would pop up and then it would go back down there. So there was definitely some institution accumulation there. Um, and they did it, you know, and then they looked when it went below that. I mean, if you really think how much time we spent below those lows, what was it, 15 minutes, a half hour at the most? Like if you're doing any kind of volume profiles or, you know, Stottlemyre, I mean, we weren't down there for very long. You, and if you wanted to buy, you had to buy quickly. So uh, the vo- the volume bodes well uh, for for the market uh, yesterday. Uh, let's still roll with some bank earnings. Be- before uh, JP- I, so, so again, I want to address, you were setting me up and then you kind of answered it, but I want to address, you know, what you were just saying. You know, people are waiting for the classic capitulation. It felt a little bit like capitulation, but we are in different markets here, folks. When you're getting the death by a thousand cuts, you know, and the stock's going down, 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 everybody's waiting for the big wash. But I mean, this is the same thing from going back to May. Everybody was waiting for the washout and all those ARC stocks. And then all of a sudden, you know, we started to turn, but you could feel like, you know, what do you want? ARKK went from 120 down to 35 bucks in six months, you know, and everybody wants a, a flush. You flushed everyone by death by a thousand cuts on that thing. And that's why, you know, the May turn was there for ARKK. It's the same thing here. You know, AMD, it's the same thing. I mean, AMD a month and a half ago was $100 stock. It's $54 it got down to yesterday. It just basically got cut in half. I mean, what do you want? So you can say, oh, there wasn't the capitulation, capitulatory, you know, boom. Well, it kind of had the capitulatory boom three, four days ago. That wasn't the bottom. So I'm going to argue the markets are different now, too. It's all algorithmic driven. It's different. You don't have the classic like, you know, like big institutional money managers that are putting in big orders. They're doing algorithms, too. Everything's algorithmic driven. So everybody who's looking for that classic capitulatory flush, it doesn't have to happen like that. Bottoms don't always have to happen in a huge flush. And that's the bottom. Throw away those textbooks. They're from like 1980, 1990. We're algorithmic driven. Institutions aren't throwing in millions of shares. They're 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 still feeding it in, feeding it in. Small lots, 200, 500. They might have a million shares to sell. They're 200, 300, 500, 500. That's the that's the algorithm they're you're using. No, don't just think all algorithms are high frequency traders. All your institutions are using them too. Slowly feeding it in. There's not these huge volume flushes sometimes because the algorithms are doing it different. So don't just look for this classic boom. We gotta have. We'll know when the bottom's in because you're going to see all this volume spike and all that. That is nonsense stuff from 40 years ago. Throw that textbook away. Don't look for that. You don't have to have capitulation to make a bottom. 
Okay. All right. Uh, let's see here. S&Ps are now catching a little bit more of a bid here. We're green on the session. I think with the pre-market activity, I'm just going to kind of throw out the high and low today um, in the pre-market trading. It was a pretty big range. It's still going to try and stay focused on the daily high, 97.75. Uh, I don't think we're getting down to the low from yesterday at 3502, but uh, kids to look for getting above that night, get into that 3700. Uh, that would be big for the market. Uh, so I was going to go to uh, the big dog here uh, sure, for earnings sure. for bank earnings, JP Morgan. Uh, they beat uh, 312 versus 288. And uh, they did okay on the revenues, uh, $33.49 million versus $32.09 uh, billion. And how often do you see the banks like leading the way on a rally? They were far, far exceeding the market on a percentage basis. So good support of 102, trading up in the pre-market. Thoughts on J.P. Morgan? I mean, Jamie Dimon saying, you know, we're going to fall 20% or, you know, was it him that was saying the 20? What yeah, did I did. I, I wrote an article fading him on that. If yeah. I don't know if anybody you guys saw that. That might be the Jamie Dimon bottom here. <laughs> <laughs> also, Kramer yesterday. Oh, my gosh. Does he I heard that. So much. He's on there. And I don't know. Like, I think he just gets so excited. Just nonsense spews out of his mouth sometimes. Like, I like Kramer. He's funny. He makes me laugh. But I think it's, you know, it's a live show. So you got to give that to Nonsense spews out of my mouth sometimes, too. It's hard to do. But he's, like, saying about the semis. He's like, I think they could fall another 50% from here. I'm like, he said 45 to 50% from here. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're saying AMD is going to 25 now? You're telling me NVIDIA is going to go down to 60 bucks? I'm like, I'm like, if anything, you know, like they're getting close to where they want to be. So there was a reason I bought AMD yesterday more. And it was a lot to do with that Kramer comment. I'm like, man, he's maybe just selling right at the bottom. And, you know, and, and even to my commentary yesterday, you know, I was pretty well flabbergasted that we we're getting hammered here again. I was like, you know, so then you look at, you know, even my own feelings from like 830 to like nine o'clock <laughs> and you're like. Maybe it was a little bit, you know, like this is the last, you know, flush here where everybody just throws in the towel. Kramer saying we're going to fall another 50%, you know, on, on you know, the, the chips here from here. When the, when the valuations aren't even that expensive to begin with now. So I think there's some opportunities here. I do think if you're all cash, I think you got to be using dips to get a little bit of that back to work because there is the outside chance that we're in. But overall... Stocks still aren't cheap. And if we're going into a deep recession, they could go cheaper. So I'm not confident enough to go all in and say that the bottom is in. But I am confident enough to say from a trading perspective, I want to be buying dips. Just JP Morgan, you spiked to 113 and you got a, uh, a daily high at 12.99, and then another daily high above that at 13.60. So two potential areas of resistance. We backed off two bucks from that pre-market high. Uh, will we see the top of yesterday's range, 109.90? You could very easily see that to get a gap fill and not have to worry about uh, a gap down at the close. Maybe they get one big seller come in off the close and take it down to 109.37, and then you'd have to pick an intermediate point ahead of the low of the move because of the triple bottom and uh, at the 101.50 area. So uh, that's the setup for J.P. Morgan. Uh, let's do the Bank of America, uh, Bank Which of America earnings. Or it reports Monday morning. Monday. It's Monday morning, yeah. Okay, so a little so bit. So that changes uh, things too. Okay. And then the next one, uh, Wells Fargo. 
Boom, boom. That did report this morning. That is trading higher. I think it was lower. Was it lower? Joel? Uh, let me I feel see. like it was Wells, lower for a bet. Wells Fargo. Bringing it up. Um, I didn't look uh, at it. They missed. Time. They missed 85 cents Just versus a buck nine. But, yeah. Yeah, but uh, they beat on revenues. So uh, mixed report. Trading up. Uh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, Goldman goose this a couple of weeks ago. Right, yeah, they got this off the low of the move, trading up sixty four cents. You're trading. I mean, you just got to respect these three highs here after uh, after the Goldman upgrade. Not sure if we're going to get quite that high. I look at uh, support at the close for Wells Fargo. Again, you know, I'm just going to say this market. You can see, you know, we had a. Let's go back to S and P's here because we had a pretty good. It's basically fading. Everything is working here this morning. Um, you know, we've had a pretty decent rally. We had more commentary over from England um, and the S&Ps. We sold it all off. But again, the dip gets bought. So I'm still looking. I've got the buy the dip hat on. If you could physically, if I was wearing a hat, it would say buy the dip. So as we get dips on stuff, I'm looking to buy stocks. All right. And uh, out of the uh, banking realm, one of your uh, safety stocks, we'll just do uh, UNH real quickly. Uh, UNH, United Health Group. Let me check their numbers. And they got a beat. 579 versus 542. Beat on revenues. 80.89 versus 80.50. I got UMH out there. That's not going to do you any UNH is a completely different story than the overall market. This is not a stock that has been hit. This is a stock trading near all-time highs. This is a stock that, you know, you get a little bit of dip on. This is rotation. That could, this is a safety trade. UNH has been a safety trade for a long time. So just keep that in mind. If you're risk on, UNH isn't the stock they're going to buy. So even though the earnings were very good, um, don't just think, oh, yeah, there was a little dip in UNH. I'm going to buy this one. It's going to be at 550. I mean, this is a lower beta safety trade. This isn't the kind of stock that this market is looking for if it's going on to a risk on mentality. If it goes back to risk off, it's different. But sometimes UNH can actually move opposite to the market. And let's see, we traded up. Let me get the pre-market chart here. And you've spiked it just under five. I'll keep an eye on a, a gap fill here, 516.74. That's not too far away. And then you work your way into a, a big red bar there. Uh, and the, but besides filling the gap at what I say the gap fill was at 516.74, your close on the previous day was 527.07. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the money came out of the utilities, Dennis. You know, people that, you know, we talking about that being a, you know, a crowded trade, a safety trade. Um, They've been coming out. They came out of that, and let's see if they're going to go value or go to the bank. There's no point. Four percent. I'm going to say if the utilities get a significant rally, I'd be a short. I would be shorting utilities. Maybe not here yet because it's oversold. But get back up to like XLU, like 67, 68. I think it's a good short because there is just this, you know, belief. Obviously, the Fed's going to pivot. That's not happening anytime soon. And why do I want to buy a utility stock with a 5% dividend when I can go get 4.5% in cash? My mom tied up money two years yesterday, 4.6% she got. 4.6%. That's in Canada on a GIC, government securities. So if Canada, I guess if the Bank of Canada fails, which has obviously never happened before, 
then you got you have risk. But then there's even insurance on the GIC, so it's not even have risk that way. So you know, GICs. Well, that, yeah, the, 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 I guess the bank can't insure. Anyway, besides the point, four point six percent risk free. Four point six risk free. Why the hell take risk for a five percent dividend utility stock when you get four point six percent risk free? Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't uh, make right. any sense. And and this is what does make sense. It didn't make any sense to buy utilities in August and September. At a certain point, if they come down to eight nine percent dividends, then that starts to make sense again. You know, then you're getting paid. You know, if the risk free rate's five, you need at least a two percent premium. So I want to see at least seven in these utility stocks, the dividends. You know, right now Southern's four. I mean, the growth isn't even there. So, you know, in certain utility stocks, you can get some growth. I know NEE has, you know, given you a lot of growth. So, you know, an XLU is made up of a lot of NEE. But, I mean, if you're jumping in, you know, to these, you know, American Electric Power, 3.68% or Southern, or even go to the classic ones like Southern, DT Energy for everybody in the DE, you know, 3.3% Dominion, 4% dividend. They're like, oh, 4% dividend. That's great. In a 0.5% risk-free rate, it's great. It's not great when the risk-free rate's four or four and a half. So, and going to five. So, utilities are still selling rallies, in my opinion. All right, let's uh, let's talk fundamentals. Let's talk earnings uh, with Tracy Reiniak from Zach's Research. And uh, first of all, uh, Tracy, um, this is a football Friday. We have a game against Penn State tomorrow. Yes. I don't see you wearing a Michigan shirt. No, um, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, cautious about tomorrow. I love how our defense is playing. I feel like the defense is, you know, shining. It's keeping us in these games, but I, I don't know. It's a little rocky on the offense still. I'm a, I, I'm well, that, but you still got to wear. You still got to wear a Michigan shirt on the Friday before Michigan games. <laughs> that is like a rule. So if uh, I ever okay. ever have you on again on a Friday, I, I mean, I'm sure you got some. You always wear nice clothes. I'm sure you. Can I find do some, have some. some of some course, nice I Michigan wear them on shirts. game day. Of course. Uh, I mean, you don't have to dress very nice to beat this crew. <laughs> so, all right, let's get to the markets. Let's get yeah. to the earnings season. Just. First of all, I, you sent me some statistics. I don't know if you want to share your screen or discuss it, but you know, let's try and forget about rampant inflation, forget about the war in the Ukraine, forget about China taking over Taiwan, forget all these things, and focus on the fundamentals. Where where's your focus? Um. Well, you know, the earnings season isn't looking too bad right now, um, and we we got some great reports you were just talking about this morning. Once again, we uh, aren't going to see much of a decline in the third quarter because of energy. Energy is where it's going to be. And people forget only a year ago, uh, crude was much lower. It's kind of hard to think about it that way because it's been high for most of the year. But last year, not so much. And energy earnings, not so great a year ago, but they're expected to be up 141% year over year because of the price of crude and natural gas now. And so that's really boosting the S&P 500 overall, expected to be up like 0.01%. So we're not going down so far. Uh, so, you know, that's year over year. But if you do strip out that energy, it is expected to be down like almost 7%, I think it is. So energy still still the number one 
group here, still the number one sector. Um, you know, it's uh, it's still hated, people still avoiding it. I noticed, you know, you guys were not talking about it. You were talking about, you know, bonds and things like that. But uh, energy and the banks that you did just talk about, I feel are kind of these hidden sectors that get no love, but could lead this market into next year. Are you a little bit worried that we're going to have an analogous situation where we had uh, in 21 when it was just Apple, Amazon, Google, Facebook, Amazon, Tesla, you know, holding up the market, right? The big stocks, it wasn't a, the breath overall. The breath was bad. It was, you know, you might have some meme stock rallies. Uh, so it just wasn't. And then I, I can remember just a couple weeks ago, um, thanks to Bloomberg and Bank of America, you know, they came after Apple. They came after, you know, they came after the generals, right? Right. And that's when the market really came down. Do you think it's just, you know, we're going to see the energy a little bit stronger. We're going to see the banks a little bit stronger, but you just think it, you know, it's a bandaid when we need a tourniquet. Right. Uh, Yeah. I feel like a lot of the generals are still too expensive. I own some of them. I know everybody owns some of them. Uh, we own all of them if we're owning the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ. And you know, so even with the declines we've seen on even just a PE basis, uh, stocks like Microsoft and uh, even Apple are just too pricey for what the Fed is doing and how aggressive the Fed is getting. And yes, I think people have to give up uh, their love of those stocks. It needs They need to fall further still before we can find a bottom. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really interested in the generals. I do watch what they do because we all own them, but I feel like the sentiment is going to shift at kind of, as we saw in 2000, 2001 and in the 2002, where we kept buying the generals. Then I, I started buying Microsoft in like 2000 because it came down off its highs and I'm like, Ooh, I'm getting it cheaper. And I kept buying and I kept buying and I kept buying. (laughs) And then I ultimately ended up selling by like, I can't even remember. It was like 2005, 2006, somewhere in there because the shares just went nowhere for years. Meanwhile, even back then we had kind of a similar setup. Energy was surging and uh, you know, those were the stocks that were doing well. And some of the kind of Kathy Wood growth investors shifted over and they were suddenly buying Exxon. I guess that's when we'll know is when, you know, I'm not saying Kathy's going to buy Exxon because she's been anti-energy, um, you know, other than renewables and that kind of stuff. But, you know, we're going to start to see sentiment shift over and we're going to start to watch Exxon and Chevron's earnings reports and like, you know, be like, they're reporting today. What will they say? We're going to, you know, see this sentiment shift over, but we haven't seen it yet. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. I mean, this market here, and go back to, you know, just, you know, talking about, you know, going through trading back in the year 2000, 2001, 2002, when you're buying Microsoft stuff. What similarities, Tracy, do you see between this market here right now? Because we, you know, we we have traced it like very similarly to the year 2000 to 2002. It took two years to basically get out of that bear market. And, you know, when the damage was done, we were down 80% on the NASDAQ. I mean, we're not even close to that now. We're down, I think, 35 at the worst on the Qs. Yeah. What similarities do you see between that market and this market? Um, A lot, actually. The layoffs in the tech sector, um, the sentiment changing in Silicon Valley of, you know, who's going to be the leader, what what area is going to lead, you know, um, the end of the IPOs. Remember 2000, they fell off a cliff and there was like basically nothing going on with IPOs. Well, surprise, it's the same thing this year. Uh, you know, investment banking all way down there. There's a lot of similarities. I feel not, you know, a lot of people want to look at 2008, maybe because of housing and things like that. But to me, it's much more 2000, but that, uh, recession that we had in 2001, a lot of it was concentrated in the tech area. I was in Silicon Valley at the time. And so I experienced the layoffs along with everybody else. But almost like 200,000 people left the Bay Area in that time period because their, uh, you know, dot com went under and they were like, eh, going back to, you know, Dallas or wherever. And they just left. Now we have work from home. So it's going to be a little bit different. But, um, you know, yeah, I see a lot of similarities. That's why I'm trying to look beyond the tech stocks here. I know it seems like they're juicy because they have come way down. I mean, I've been watching Shopify and Digital Turbine, uh, some stocks like that. I mean, they have retraced almost back to the pre-2020 levels. And, you know, there are they both um, still have businesses there, although I think Shopify has gone negative on the earnings now again. But, you know, these are ones I'm watching, but I do think the leaders are going to be somewhere else. And if you don't like energy, I do still like the banks. The banks, I know you just talked about them. Uh-huh. I'm not as big a fan of the biggest banks that you just talked about, JP Morgan and those, but even your local community bank, because now that we're seeing the Fed raise this aggressively, this is going to be good times for them. And we haven't seen good times in forever. I mean, when was the last time you even had a savings account? I, I don't know. Like it used to be like 20 years ago, you just had one and yeah. you had some money in it. And then that went away. But what if that comes back? That's a big, could be a big driver for the banks. And people think, oh, they're boring. But they weren't that boring back in like the 80s and the 90s. Yeah, exactly. And so I like and it's hard to find community banks because, uh, you know, there's so many of them and you kind of have to be you, maybe you even bank at your community bank and you're like, oh, I like that bank. And then you find out it's publicly traded, you know, so I, I just 
would look at some of the smaller banks, not the ones with investment banking and trading and international business and that stuff. Look at the ones who are just doing the regular lending in your uh, town, your neighborhood. You might be surprised at what's going on with their earnings and how cheap those stocks are right now. Do you have yeah, any specific examples like of the yeah. regional banks that you like? Um, well, the, some of the bigger ones, uh, Comerica, CMA, I like oh. them a lot, but they are on the bigger side. But I like Texas right now. If energy is going to be booming, you you got to look regionally too. Like what area of the country is going to be doing well? I'm not buying the banks that are in uh, the Bay Area. I know uh, First Republic reported today and they're kind of like a big private bank in San Francisco. So a lot of, a lot of the tech uh, gurus and stuff have their money in there. They beat, but only by two cents. Those shares are down big, but that's the kind of bank I'm going to avoid right now. And anything out in the Bay Area, I'm going to avoid those. But, you know, Texas is booming. The Southeast is booming. Um, you know, look around, try to get in an area where the economy will still have some kind of uh, something to boost it. If we go into the recession next year, uh, you know, you want to be in the strongest in economic environments because that's where the bank is lending. So, uh, you know, that's helpful. But um, there's just there's so many. I, I don't I don't even know where to begin. There's some, you know, that are a lot smaller that you again, you've never even heard of um, in Chicago. I like Trust. It's one of the bigger sure. ones. A couple stadiums have the name Trust, So people might know it. But outside of Chicago, I don't think anybody knows Trust. So there's no, there's banks that. like that. Um, you guys in Michigan know Comerica because they're Texas. Right. Yeah, Michigan. they used to be yeah. there. Um, I just want to uh, share this uh, this graphic that that you sent over, and it's quarterly earnings and revenue growth year over year. You're showing, you know, where we're at. I yeah. mean, if you're looking at this, ah, going out to the second quarter of uh, 2023. Yeah. Uh, is, is it is it hard to be a super bull? I mean, you know what what you're seeing. I mean, based on well, those you, graphics. Yeah, you could uh, be on the other side though, with the glass half full here, because we're supposed the Fed is aggressively tightening. Tightening. We're supposed to be heading into a recession, but these aren't negative. They're still showing some earnings growth, and it may not hold. So since April, the earnings estimates for 2023 have come down about 6.8% so far. And we're going to get a lot of earnings reports in the next couple of weeks. Some people will be cutting their guidance for sure for next year. We're going to start to hear about next year. Um, people are going to get cautious. They, they are going to cut. And so these numbers likely will come down further. But I'm not I'm not hating on this so, so bad right here. Not at all. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Good comeback on that one. Uh, so at the last time uh, that we had you on, uh, we there was a, a big company and they had earnings and the guy got on the, I think it was Restoration Hardware. Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember Very that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you were like, oh my gosh. You're like, you had never heard such, <laughs> such yes. a a poor outlook, uh, you know, for the company. And uh, it looks like he was telling the truth here with Restoration Hardware. Made yeah. a new low of the move yesterday. Uh, S&P's just popped into the 3,700 handle, folks. So wow. still got a rally mm -hmm. on. Is it, what about retail? What about the, you know, what about, um, I know what the er, retail earnings is later. 
But yeah. I mean, are people going to be stuffing their stockings? Um, so far, what do you think? Uh, the consumer is still strong. We, we get those monthly numbers from Costco. It still looks great. They're still doing double-digit comps in some cases after last year's hot year. Now, that's because most people still have their jobs, right? We have not yet seen mass layoffs. We still have the 3.5% unemployment. So when you have a job, you do continue to spend. Uh, even today, I heard JP Morgan is saying, you know, they didn't see a lot of charge-offs. The credit card data was fairly stable. Okay. So they aren't seeing the consumer under stress yet. That can change quickly. And maybe it will in the six to nine months, Jamie Dimon thinks we might get a recession. But right now, the retailers are anticipating a strong holiday season. Uh, it's going to be promotional. You will be able to get certain things on sale. So if you, if you do want to be shopping out there, uh, especially apparel, you're going to be able to get that on sale. They probably over-ordered, as we heard from Nike. And now they have too much. They're going to be discounting a lot of that, um, even during the holiday season. So you will be able to get some deals. I've seen the 40% sales already on some apparel um, in my inbox. So you will be able to get the deals. But the uh, overall look with the top retailers still looks good. Now, in terms of like RH, the furniture side, a little more dubious because housing. So, you know, if you don't have the high housing sales, which we don't, they've been cut in half so far, then you're not going to go out and you're not as likely to go out and buy the furniture. So um, Gary Friedman at RH always said the good times from the pandemic were going to end at some point. But to them, it kind of came to a complete halt a couple quarters ago. And, you know, they weren't seeing any rebound until, well, you know, into next year. But you had Williams and Sonoma reporting much better results on their end. So it it is kind of uh, interesting out there on the retail side, but not as doom and gloom as what people think. Not, not at all. Good to hear. Tracy Reiniak, she's a senior equity strategist at Zach's Investment Research, graduate of the University of Michigan, joining us here on Pre-Market Prep. Thanks again, Tracy, and uh, go blue. Go blue. Uh, Yes. SPs, Dennis, picking up some momentum here. Uh, yeah. Now, Dip over was yesterday's massively bought. I'm yeah. sorry? Dip was bought big time. So they're, they're, the buy the dip mentality is out here right now. So you just got to keep that in mind. I mean, Citigroup dip was bought. Morgan Stanley has already, not been huh? bought yet. But uh, Citigroup dip bought. I mean, market dipped. We just rallied basically 30 handles from the lows here that we were at 25 minutes ago. So the, buy the dip mentality is here. So you've got to respect that. I think you, as you see different earnings dips, I think they're, they're not all going to get bought, obviously. Some you know individual stories are not just going to be just as good. But overall, that's how I'm approaching these markets right now is buy the dip. And it's working. All right. Pre-market today. high, 15 and a half. Uh, don't have much there on the, uh, on the dailies as far as daily resistance. Uh, a deal. We've had a deal, Dennis. When's the last time we had a deal? Albertsons uh, going off the board here uh, with Kroger. Uh, the memo out yesterday. People overbought it. Uh, haven't seen a deal in a while. Newly IPO'd in 2020. It's back. Uh, Kroger. Here we go. Kroger getting hit a little bit on this big bar yesterday. Uh, much to make out of this deal, or I don't know, didn't really read the any details sympathy. of the deal yet. So yeah. I'm just looking here. 
Um, it looks like, you know, expect to receive total consideration of 3410. So you're like, oh, what's up? But man. It's, it's some cash, too. Yeah, I haven't read the details. Of yeah. so I just should it's limit my commentary on it. I just haven't read it enough yet to know. So, so yeah, okay. I haven't. Um, so I can see you're getting a 685. It looks like you're going to get 685 dividend. You're going to get some of this. I don't know if it's stock and cash. Obviously, you know, there's going to be, you know, a risk premium. There's time value money. There's lots of things to consider. You have to ask me tomorrow because I haven't read any details of the deal yet. Okay. All right. Uh, hit Kroger. Uh, they're getting rid of all, either either they, they're getting rid of all their cashiers or they can't find cashiers to work uh, because I went there yesterday and it was all automated checkout. And I think Amazon is, is working on a, um, a, a prototype where, like, there's nobody in the store. Uh, just basically all machines and doing it. So back to the future, heading to the future. Uh, We do have some bad news for Beyond Meat owners. Uh, A guidance cut here down 58 cents, uh, getting a little bit of bounce off the pre-market low. I guess uh, people are just about done with fake meat. Wow, this story, you know, what's left on the bone? It was 200 and at the all-time highs, $239, had a market cap more than Tyson Foods. It just got stupid. Just dumb, 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 dumbest money ever buying it up there. So and in the end, valuation wins. Is it worth something? It's probably worth something. But I don't know if it's $14 or $4 or $2. I mean, we had Mark Yusko on the show, who was obviously, um, he had said that he had participated in, in obviously helping you know, before this company was public. And he was locked up. And he said as soon as that lock up, he was selling the stock as fast as he possibly could. Um, that was when the stock was 100. Stock is 14. Mark Yusko, absolutely correct. It, had, it went up to 200 after that. So it's had some you know ridiculous rallies. But in the end, valuation matters. It absolutely mattered here. It never made any sense. Is there going to be you know a rally to 20? Maybe. Is there going to be a sell-off to 10? Maybe. It's like it's it's not easy pickings anymore. You know, most of the damage has already happened here. Okay. All right. Uh, so beyond meat, uh, is there any other uh, any other hot topics or tickers we could take a look at? Uh, we got some stocks that have earnings out next week, and uh, some, so yeah. so going to the earnings calendar. Monday we're going to see Bank of America and Schwab, also Logitech. Tuesday's a huge day. Netflix, Goldman, Johnson Johnson, Lockheed Martin. Wednesday we get Tesla and IBM, Alcoa. Uh, Lamb Research. Thursday with Snap, we get AT&T, we get Crocs, we get Team. Friday, Verizon and American Express, also Schlumberger. So you're starting to get into it. And then the following week will be the mega caps. So it's coming. We're going to get into it. We're into earnings warning season now is what I will say. If there's going to be an earnings warning from one of the big guns, it may come next week. So just be cautious about that. Again, are they going to take these earnings warnings in stride? They might. Because um, they've already come in and bought, you know, they have been buying applied materials, got bought on a, got a guidance cut. Micron got bought on bad earnings. We're starting to see companies get bought on bad earnings, which means you're having seller exhaustion here. This rally is really picking up steam here now on the S&Ps here, Joel, as well. Um, buy the dip in there. Yeah, it's the old, uh, you know, old, how many weeks did we just close on the low for the week, right? You know, grind lower. Uh, we are trading at our highest level of the week. We just we just touched our inner day high from Friday. 
Uh, that would be a week ago. That was 37.17.50. That's the interday high. That's the high that only transpires between 9.30 and 4.15. Holy mackerel. And if you want to look for the real high from last Friday, er, and you're short, you might want to head for the hills. That's at 37.70.50, and that would fit in the average daily range, too. So uh, doubles are uh, very active uh, this they morning. They are. Yeah, um, Netflix had. I just want to cover this one. Netflix had some news yesterday about their new, uh, their new platform. Are you still in this one, or you still have Laura in this well, one? Yeah, yeah, I still have my wife in it. I actually had it overnight too, just because it's, it, it's. Uh, I, I've sold it already, so I can freely talk about that part. But yeah, my wife still has it in her long term account, but I had it in the short term account too, just because when a stock gets a move like that, it's often gets follow through. So it had some follow through here today. So I have sold the trade portion that i had on but the long term i bought it twice bought it really bad for her at like uh off that first drop which was i don't know over 300 dollars. maybe it wasn't 300 i can't even remember yeah i think the first drop yeah it was like 330 dollars or 340 dollars and the next one i bought perfect i bought the next one like 172 so never frowned average down worked out well for me in this one I almost back to even <laughs> for your long-term account for your long-term <laughs> Just account a joke. Only. all right we only have a few minutes left here on for once it looks like it's going to be a fun friday uh heading to a great fall weekend got my buddy ira coming in for the michigan penn state game nice. big game so you know i'm all fired up for that and uh it's good to see the market going up a little bit uh, do we want to do some some ticker time here uh, with uh, four yeah, minutes? Some tickers. I just saw Roblox uh, roll by, and uh, these stocks were not treated well yesterday. Dennis, give us your no, fundamental no, technical one thing, thoughts. They did participate. They were just hammered more. I know they were saying on CNBC, ARKK didn't participate at all because it was like down on the day or close close to being down, but it was down at thirty three seventy four. So we did come 8% off the lows. So they did participate. They were just hammered so much off the bat that they didn't, at the end of the day, it didn't look like they participated, but they did. I mean, Roblox was down 34.11. It's at 38, just ride 12%. So it did participate. It just was hammered more. It's hard. You know, these companies, you know, it's still valuation. They're not reasonable because they don't make money. So, I mean, I'm not putting any of these in the long-term investment account. It's trades on pullbacks. I'm buying everything. So on dips right now, I'm a buyer of everything. Um, but you know, the dip's gone again. You know, we had a little dip this morning. You start thinking, okay, you're gonna get a little yeah. dip here, ah, get back two, three, on? and the FOMO is back, man. You know, you can't stop it. Morgan Stanley's starting to get bought here now. The dip. I mean, they're just combing around looking for dips to buy. You seen any? Uh, you seen any news here on on the wires? Because this is uh, I want to call well, it. Well, UK has like- had a lot of news here this morning, so you can say that it feels you know, like more than that, Joel, because it's just it such does. a big move. Really, you know, we just rallied fifty-five handles from the <laughs> we low just, like- when when we were there a half an hour ago. So yeah, you can't argue. Right now, this market is is just turned. It turned yesterday morning. You could feel it in the tape, and it continues to obviously uh, move up higher here. Where you know. Do I want to chase it here now? Up 230 points from yesterday is a lot of risk now. So I need dips to buy. We had a little one going this morning. It didn't last not long at all. Money managers coming to the desk at 9 o'clock saying, get me in. I got to be in. This is the bottom. I got to be in. So it's a little bit of FOMO. It might have been the bottom. 
Um, I'm not going to chase though. I'm not going to chase. All right. I saw Etsy once again. I, you know, I don't know if these stocks are still going to come back in the favor. Oh, for the Roblox, I would have chased it up here, but if it came back down to 38, there were three highs in that area. I'd be a buyer at 38, not shorten it. If you want another target on the upside, uh, your, uh, your high from last week, uh, was 39.81. If you're looking for a target. And what stock did I just say um, after that? Oh, Etsy, right? This is not Etsy, not sexy, right? Bad day, <laughs> yes. Never heard that before. Because <laughs> I just made it up. Uh, what else? Hammered um, yesterday. What was the news on Etsy yesterday? I missed um, this. There's so much going on. I wasn't even paying attention to this one because it got hammered yesterday. Uh, well, let's see. Etsy Flushed it down from- to 91. I mean, it never came back. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just the overall flush. Like, wow, that really got hit hard. Uh, but bu- bu- boom. No, let's see here. Etsy it could have just been the overall flush. Everything flushed right off the hop. We opened and then we, but it got hammered. Like it opened like 100 and it went down to like 92. It got hammered even harder than the other ones. That's why I wonder if there was news on that. But regardless, who cares? Um, yeah, stocks- what about Intel? Well, I was just going to say, Etsy got to get back up over 100 before I get interested. Intel, okay. it feel I feel like the bottom was made yesterday. Triple bottom there in Intel. I'm Ooh. bag holding this thing. It serves me right for trying to catch the falling knife deserved um, or the, the, the drifting down knife, whatever you want to call it. But it did reverse, made a double bottom yesterday out of there. I think Intel low is in, but, you know. We'll there before, we go thinking again, right? There we go thinking. Try not to think. <laughs> <laughs> all right well Stop thinking. it's uh, back like the old days just me and you triple d and uh i have to and this say, market was, is hot was, right now so we are now up show. 230 points from yesterday's low this is an Can impressive you? rally if i bought and i did buy a couple things yesterday's low but they're in the long term account but i bought for trades i'll be ringing a little bit of the register into this i think you got room to spy 380 it's going to be major, super duper resistance, 100 handles higher from here. So could we get there today? It's possible. If I was long, it would probably be a target. But if I was long, I'd probably be selling a little bit into it because, man, if you buy yesterday morning, you're already up 10 12% on a lot of stocks. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah. No, we're going to we're gonna have to figure out how to, to get, uh, get on after the open at 10 o'clock because I don't think like every day – um, you know, you're going to see that like yet yesterday was a very, you know, um, extraordinary day, but you know, to get the feel from, I mean, what you saw, cause I, I know that before the show was ending, you know, we were like, Oh geez, you know, 3,200. And then, and then the real liquidity comes in and, and you see what happens. And it's something that, you know, I wish we could, uh, wish we could have uh, translated to our, to our traders. As far as looking for resistance here, folks, it's thin here in the S and P. So if you, you know, if you're a shorted kind of guy and you, you, you know, you're just going to keep adding on and adding on, uh, man, oh man, 37, 70, 50, uh, was your high just one week ago today. We're only 50 handles away from that. So, um, that's where your risk is up to on the short side, any kind of targets that would work as well too. So everyone, thanks for joining us. A great show. And, uh, I'll be back 1030 with uh pre-market prep with stock odds.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.